You're listening to The Dirt on Dating with your host, Noah Scott. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah Scott, and today I have a very awesome love story about to unfold right before you guys here. So Gabe and Christina, love was in the air, literally. Their relationship started like a real-life rom-com. They were two people on a flight from New York to LA, and it turned out to be more than they expected. A cautionary tale of what happens when you don't get your headphones in before you get to your seat. Let's hear it all right from them. Welcome to the show, Gabe. Welcome, Christina. How's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, fantastic. So yeah, I love this. This is, I've got, I'm tingling with excitement. So give me a little background on, on the two of you and, and please elaborate on the story of how you met. Yeah. So I, my family is all over Europe. I grew up in Germany and I just got done spending like two months in Europe and I didn't want to come back home to New York yet. So I decided to fly out to LA to visit a friend and I saw her in the terminal, but I ignored her and went to get in my seat. And she ended up sitting next to me on a flight. We were flying from New York to LA. And I wasn't really in the headspace to talk to anybody or in the mood. I just got done sleeping in the airport uh, the night before. And terminals, I think it was Terminal 7 at the time was the shit show. Yeah, so she came uh, walking down the aisle and I was like, hey, didn't I see you out there? And we just started talking for the entire uh, flight. And I was like, there was something weird that happened. It was when you meet somebody, you're infatuated and you get excited. It wasn't like that. It was like this calm, like quiet, okay, something's going on here. And I'm not, I'm not the, the best out there, but I have a little bit of game, but my game was gone. Like I was like, it was just not there. And, but I did, when we walked off the plane, I was like, I'm coming back to LA in seven days. Cause I was going to continue to Seattle. And I just want to know what this is about. I'm not going to just leave this hanging. And yeah, so I, I tried to call her when I was in Seattle, but she ignored my calls cause she's awkward on the phone. And anyhow, she, she just expected me to come back to LA and like randomly Go see, out, hang out, go movie. see a movie. I was like, nah, I'm not flying back to LA for that. So I got an Airbnb. I rented a little convertible. because A kind I, of creepy Airbnb, I have to say. <laughs> Looks like it might be like where you may die. My friend even gave me some brass knuckles just in case. Yeah. This was definitely the scene. I was like, okay, we're in the middle of the woods. Great. Good yeah, setup. But yeah, that was like the, that was the beginning of the beginning because we spent three days together, four days together. And then she came back to New York with me. It was one seat left on the plane went on my flight back to New York and she booked that and came back with me. And I went back to LA a couple of weeks later and we've pretty much been together ever since. But I knew this was my to be partner of life because I remember I'm a guy. So I think about other girls. So like I had Tinder and Bumble on my phone and stuff. And I remember sitting in Uber to my friend's house and I literally, it was just like kind of a no brain. I was like, I don't need these anymore. I just took them off my phone. And it was just kind of, I just knew it's uh, like a weird thing I never experienced. And it, it's really interesting because I just got out of a long-term relationship about months before. And I was like, monogamy is bullshit. Relationships are not a real thing. Somebody came up with this concept. Maybe it works for some people. It doesn't work for me. And if I want to pursue that, I can do that in like five to 10 years. But like the last thing that's on my mind and then, of course, I meet her. Wow. So. Christine, it sounds like you've got some wild jo- mojo there to be able to 
tame this bachelor and, and, and have him delete all of his precious I think it was apps. Like smile. I think that's definitely what was the inviting part. What he said was pretty true for the most part, but it was a little different because I saw him out in the terminal and like he was invading my personal space. So I was already like this dude. And then I see that he's like the seat next to me. I'm like, of course he is. And then we're boarding and I'm like, where is that guy? Oh, he's already on the plane. So he can't follow rules either. So he boarded with a different group. So I like get down there and I'm like trying to like fiddle with my headphones. And he's like, weren't you sitting next to me out there? I was like, you were sitting next to me, but okay, great, great. So we just like started chatting and I was in the middle seat and there was a guy in the window seat. So clearly when we sat down, we didn't know each other. But by the end of the flight, we're like on top of each other because we're like so vibing so well. And he was just like, what is going on? Like, I thought y'all didn't know each other, but now you do. What's happening? Did the, So the guy by the window seat, was he like putting his earplugs in? And He was actually, he fell asleep, he fell asleep at asleep. the beginning of the flight and then woke up and was like, what is going on here? <laughs> you become fast friends. Well, cool. So, Christina, what? give us a little background on, on you as a person. Gabe's from Germany. What about you? Yes. I'm originally from Staten Island, New York, but my dad was in the military, so I moved around a bit. I went to school in Philly. I'm a professional dancer, so I was actually in New York for an audition. I came out for finals for a show, and... It's funny because my agent actually forgot to tell me that I wasn't on hold any longer. So I really could have gone home sooner, but it just happened that I didn't. And then I wound up meeting him. So I was on my way back to LA because that's where I was living at the time. Just from that audition, it was just like crazy. And when I was going back, I was going to audition for The Bachelor because I'm obsessed with that show. And I was like, yes, it's this Saturday. And then I met him like the Thursday before the Saturday. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to go anymore. Let me cancel my audition. Like, I'm not going to do it. So yeah, kind of it reminds me, they, they recently had the one where they fell in love and they had to recast it and, and redo it or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's really awesome. And I, I think that always with the new partnership, you're going to face some challenges along the way. You're going you're gonna to have some hurdles and roadblocks. Share a story of a time that maybe the two of you butted heads and you had to figure out a solution and how to work around that. You want me to start? Yeah, for myself personally, there was a lot of uh, my life was dictated by a lot of old narratives. And also, I, I like to think I'm intelligent. And I like to uh, use that to my advantage. And being with someone that won't take any of my crap, and is able to confront me and not does not get intimidated and is extremely intelligent can be very refreshing and very challenging at the same time. We've had a lot of, that, that's really a friction point where it's a point of contention in the sense that it, it challenges me as a person to like really look at what that is, what's going on. Like a lot of times it's not her, it's me holding on to an old narrative or an old idea, be it from childhood or a past relationship and me interpreting a situation in a negative way, which is not a true reflection of what the situation is. And it takes someone that's persistent and willing to work through it to challenge me to um, be like, no, this is not how it is and talk through it. And it's not always smooth sailing. And I would say a good part of that is on me. Most of it yeah. is on nine I love Christina's expressions while you're telling this story. She's like, yep, yep, yep. So can she, Christina, share a time that this happened. Paint us a picture of what the story was. And so that way we can really visualize it. The only thing I think of is like my bad emotions. That's not... Well, that's yeah. not to what I'm saying specifically. Uh, it's just, I don't know like a certain instance, but it's just anytime I have a thing. I had never been in a relationship before. So anytime I would say anything, I was kind of nervous because I was like, I don't know if people do this in relationships, but I only know how I am. And I just like to be very fact-based. 
So I'm going to tell you about yourself. It's not going to be mean, but it's just going to be the facts. And I can't really stop it. So I will tell you until you understand. And Gabe does not like to be told like when he's doing something wrong. And I just have to point it out because I'm like, how are we going to get past this? So I have to tell you, this is the problem. This is what you're doing. And it'll take a little while, but you'll be like, okay, yes, you were right. So it might take a couple hours, but it's not necessarily what you want to hear. Yeah, it, if it, it also goes from, I don't know, it's just people have different ways of, you know, everybody has their own demons, I guess. And some people are more manipulative than others. And some people coming from a, a spiteful place or a jealous place. So anytime mm-hmm. she would do that, I was like, what's your angle? Like, where you? So? I would just be like, I don't have time for games or BS. There's a reason I haven't dated anybody. Like, I don't want to be fake and do all this extra. It's more work. Yeah. So that's really a big thing. Like you thought I was like conniving yeah. or up to something. That's really beautiful. It's just being true to yourself and having the courage to just trust that the other person is going to, is going to reflect that and take the criticism or feedback and not have their feelings hurt when you express something is really important. And, and then obviously if they do trust that they're going to express that. And so you can make an adjustment and say, okay, sorry, I'll keep that in mind. And I didn't have any intentions to hurt you. And I think that it's really good to hear that you are learning that about each other. You're learning about the triggers and also just what yeah. what works, what doesn't work. It's a lot I'd love to life. shift gears a, a second and, and chat about monogamy in general. I think that's something that Gabe, you brought up uh, earlier, talking about that you you thought after your last relationship, I'm done with monogamy. I'm going to be a bachelor. I'm going to head out, and I'm not going to commit. And and Christina, you're talking, I'm never going to have a boyfriend. I'm just going to explore the world. I'm free. I want to just be myself. I don't want to report to anybody. Why the switch to monogamy? Walk me through the the time that the both of you decided that I'm going to be I don't think it was like an active decision. Like he said, the feeling that we got when we were on the plane, it was just like a not to sound too like hippy-dippy, but it just like really felt spiritual. Like it was like, my being or my aura was like recognizing something with Gabe and it was just like meant to be thing. Like I just knew in that instant, because obviously before then with my career, I just was so convinced. I was like, Oh, I'm not going to get married because I don't have the time to date. And I just was so ready to be like, Oh, once I want to have kids, I'm going to do that by myself. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z by myself and be self-sufficient. But it was just something, I feel like really something outside of me. It wasn't like a I'm going to do this and choosing to do this. It was just like the universe was like, and this is for you now. Yeah. I, the, it was pretty much the same experience. It wasn't forced in any way. If I look at my past, I had a tendency to settle and get comfortable be, and be that comfortable in, in discomfort. Like I knew I didn't really want to be in a situation and I would just stay in it. I got to the point where I was like, I, you only live once and you're not doing the other person a favor. You're doing them a disservice and you're not doing yourself a favor in any way possible. And I actually legitimately wrote down a list of like things. I was in Greece and before I got in a plane, I wrote down like 10 things. I'm just, I just said I'm done settling. And in my mind, the idea of meeting someone where it felt right organically without me trying to force a narrative or force force it to be something it's not, like, didn't seem feasible. So I wrote down, like, I don't know what it was, like 10 things about an ideal relationship. If I w- were to have one or the ideal person, if I were to meet them, right? And I put it away. I didn't even think about it for a few months. And like three, four months into us being together, 
I pulled that list back up and it's it's actually a male reflection of her. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But it's, you know, I I don't think there's anything wrong with monogamy or no monogamy. I think you can say, I don't believe in monogamy and not be a dick about it. Like you can go have a good time. Both sides, both genders want to have a good time. I think it's totally fine. But like, I also was, I guess I was aware enough to be like, this is something special. And I don't have to shut it down. So let it play out when it needs to play out. And, and if we really look at it, though, like for the first six months, I was like, eh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. this probably isn't going to be like a long thing. And I was just like, OK, like I already knew what was going on. Before <laughs> you did. It was like, this isn't going to I'm like, OK, we've already flown out to each other like in a 20. What was it? A, a week period, like to see each other. And we just met. So I'm like, oh, you think this is just a little temporal thing? Okay, that's cute. I'll let you have that for a second. Yeah, it's very it's very funny. I also, my partner is also German and I think there's a similar look at things. It's like, hey, the, this connection special and it is what it is, but hey, there's a freedom and an understanding like, oh, okay, if, if we, we both agree we want to go off and do this X, Y, and Z, as long as we have the conversation or communication, it's all good. So I want to talk a little bit about the good stuff, the turn-ons. What keeps things spicy between the two of you? It, it sounds like there's just <laughs> always an electric energy going on. That, that would be me. That's all my doing. <laughs> this is lies. What really is the biggest turn-on, I think, from the beginning was I'm not used to people challenging me. Like, I'm used to being, like, the alpha person. And immediately, like, when we were on the plane, we were trying to watch a movie. And he was like, you have the dumbest taste in movies. And he was, like, nagging me. And I was like, nobody talks to me like this. But for some reason, I was like, tell me more. (laughs) Oh, what? Why? It was just like the way you talk to me. And you are super smart in what you do. Yeah. (laughs) You're smart sometimes in the other times. But like when I hear you talking about work or like on your meetings, I'm like, wow, look at you. Yeah. Like for true physical, I'm assuming you're talking about the physical attraction, the spark, like the, the sexual energy, like. For it to be real and passionate and like powerful, there has to be, there's different layers to it. Like she's extremely intelligent. That's really attractive. She's beautiful. Like she's stunning. She's confident and she's like grounded in a way. So those are like, those are things that as a person, like you really get attracted to and it just intensifies the sexual energy. And when we first met, we were having ridiculous amount of sex. It was just insane. We still have quite a bit, but it's still, uh, yeah, it's really, I think it's like to, to, for the longevity, for the spark to last, for the longevity, you have to have connections on different levels. And like the, the sexual aspect is like accumulation of that. It like seals the bond on the rest of those different layers and it allows that to continue happening. And of course, there has to be a lot of exploring and... Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad that you brought that up. That's something that, that we hear a lot of, right? As you're together for a long time, you build a deeper connection on, on many other levels. And it's, it doesn't necessarily replace the sex, but it's that there are so many other things that you want to do together. Maybe that's going on adventures together, exploring things together as a couple, or just having quality time. And it doesn't always have to be about the sex. And I think that that's something that's really important. Like sometimes you lose sight of that in a long-term relationship and you'll start to focus on how the sex is no longer as frequent as it was at the beginning. And I think you lose sight that, oh, there's actually all these other really cool things that are happening at the same time. She's my best friend. Like we hang out, like we're friends, like, and, like we do everything together basically. But yeah, it's, yeah, it becomes more than that. And also I think a big important thing is I think there's a lot of insecurities around sex. And there's a lot of like unspoken things around sex. 
and being with someone where you can be totally open about it and that there's no agenda or that it doesn't have to be one way or another way makes it so much better. And it's not, oh, our connection is determined by the frequency or by the intensity or by how this is determined by that. Cause there's no, there's no, we don't have a written rule about no parameters on how that needs to be, which actually makes it better and more frequent because it's just like organic. Okay. So as we're working towards wrapping up, let me ask just, I think one question, I think that's really, it'd be good to get the both sides opinion. I, I love to ask this question because it shows what, your sort of ideal version of yourself might be and and the things that you feel like this is what really make me a good lover. And if you have an idolized version of yourself, like if you're doing this more frequently, then you'll be like the best boyfriend or the best girlfriend. What is your secret to being the best girlfriend or the best boyfriend? It, the best secret that I feel like I still have to work on, but I feel like it's the key. It has to do with communication. It's like listening well before you react. Because I feel like, in a sense, I'm a little, I have, I'm programmed like a guy. So I'd always just want to fix instead of just listening and letting the person do what they need to do. So I'm always like, okay, like fix mode immediately when it's like, oh, you're just venting. You don't need a solution. You just want to say. So I think it's just listen before reacting. That's a good one. She worked on that. Thank you. They give me like an 85. Wow. <laughs> For me, I think, and I don't do this, I need to work on this, but I, if I were the best boyfriend, it, it, it would, it, it's about being present and attentive. And it's just because you get caught up, you get busy. And it's just, the, I think it's the really little things that are the most important to her or in a relationship to the partner. It's like, they feel like you're there a hundred percent. They feel like you're listening, you're, you're paying attention and it's small signs of affection that really build up over time. That is something that is super important and that- You are good at that though. I, you're uh, so romantic though, like you uh, do the music thing. Or like, it's really small things though. And I think it's really important. And it, 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 I don't know if it's uh, in this relationship, man, woman dynamic, I think it's very important. Like if a song plays on that's really romantic, I find her and I give her like a hug and a kiss. And, and that's one example. Another one is they're just telling you something, being able to listen, but present, not let your mind run. And I think that is really meaningful on many levels to the other partner. That's so beautiful. Yeah. All right. So yeah. last question, where do you guys see, see in line for the future? What's on the cards for the future? Wedding was supposed to happen July 25th this year. We moved it to next year, St. Lucia. Very exciting. Oh. Yeah, we want to do after the wedding. We probably, she has some career goals that I can hold because of current times. Uh, then we want to do like a nice amount of traveling. We don't really know where we want to settle down. And we want to find like the home front. We're always going to be traveling. We both just love being on the go. But we want to find like a home base. And then that's where we'll build the family. And that's like the next, I don't know, five-year projection. Yeah. Like, summary. So beautiful. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your incredible 10,000-foot love story. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. So thanks again, guys, for being on the show. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe talk dirty and we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure